what an incredible series we're doing with Dark Before Dawn, and what an incredible blessing this is to me, hopefully to you. Hopefully we are doing justice and honoring their stories, but I'm, I just wanted to stop and acknowledge that, um, that I'm very grateful to be able to learn about these journeys that they're sharing and the quality people that I've had on the show. So I want to just let you know today is a exciting for me. I'm, I'm very privileged and honored to um, get to know this person real briefly, just got to know her actually, but I, I got to say, this is our first music artist uh, to have on and her story is remarkable. And when you hear the maturity and uh, just some of the strength within such a, you know, I don't want to say young person, but, you know, mid to late 20s, uh, you, you're just going to be floored with some of her perspective. Her name is Brooke Robertson, and she has got a story about redemption and a story about forgiveness that you will not likely hear again quite to this magnitude, in my opinion. Um, at such a young age, she was um, sexually abused, and we're going to get into that. And for years, kept it quiet, pushed it down within herself, did not share it for years, carried that with her. And I cannot even imagine the emotional struggles that that came with. But what I see God doing in her life, and she would probably attest to this, is how he's utilizing her gifts in music and her lyrics and the storytelling that she has just been so proficient at to kind of shed light on some of her story, some of her tragedy, some of her dark. So as we do this series and continue on with Dark Before Dawn, I'm very honored to have her with us. She's a Burtonwood Records artist. Uh, Burtonwood Records is her is her um, label, and she has a debut album out now called Taking My Voice Back, and the title cut of that album, Taking My Voice, ba- Voice Back, is obviously centered around her story and her healing of the wounds of sexual abuse from her childhood. So uh, she's been able to work with very popular groups or artists from groups like building 29 429 and seventh day slumber. Um, she also has a song called purpose for the pain, uh, which actually is about the health complications that her mom endured throughout the pregnancy of Brooke, having Brooke. And some of those long la- uh, lasting effects are still prevalent today in her. So um, man, we're just, so excited her her music style just kind of encapsulates country soul gospel all together i don't even know if that has a genre name but she is just the entire package and i cannot wait to dig in uh, and hear more about her journey and her music i want you to welcome brooke robertson to the show so hey brooke robertson welcome to the podcast 
Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So last in line leadership here. It's your you're a first time uh, person here and and we might bring you back again down the road after you've got a couple like Grammys and you've gone <laughs> platinum and done all this, whatever the terms are for music. But uh, no, uh, you having a good day so far? I'm having a good day. I'm in Nashville. It is a little dreary, but you know, it's fine. It's good. It's a little cool outside, cooler than back home in Louisiana. So I'm kind of soaking up the nice Christmas yeah. feel like weather. <laughs> Yeah, we have sort of similar climates. You and I, I live in South Texas mm -hmm. in the Houston area. And so I think it's like 85 today and on December 10th. So I don't know about white Christmas this year. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, I don't think we ever had a white Christmas down South. Oh yeah. Now, wow. But I know. <laughs> yeah. I, the first year I lived in Louisiana, we moved in 04, three or four. The first Christmas, first Christmas we were there, it snowed. It was no insane. Way. It was insane. Like, oh, three. I don't even 03, remember that. <laughs> yeah. So nuts. Well, <clears throat> thanks for coming on. I know you got a busy schedule and you're doing shows and you're speaking and you're doing all kinds of podcasts. And so I thank you for squeezing me in today. I kind of threw you a curveball. I appreciate it. But man, uh, shout out to like the three of seven guys, because I that's where I heard your story for the first time. And so I wanted to reach out to you and man uh the audience is in for a treat today so um you know i guess before we jump in so you're relatively not long in the tooth see that's the political correct term for people your age that don't like to be called young people my age don't like to be called old so you're not particularly long in the tooth let's say but you've accomplished a lot so like this music career's taken off and and uh, how did you know, like, that was going to be your thing? Like, everybody grows up wanting to be, like, on stage, right? Everybody, not maybe yeah. not music, but but you probably love to sing your whole life. But when did you, like, realize, okay, I'm, I, I've got potential here, and it's my passion. It might be something I do for a living. Yeah. Honestly, uh, it's still something that God is constantly reminding me of because it, I mean, everything that you do in life, you're going to have curveballs thrown at you. But to kind of give a backstory on it, I did not have singing on my radar when I was mm. younger. And even like as a teenager, I just it never crossed my mind. I grew up a regular country kid. I rodeoed and rode horses and played basketball as an uh, athlete. And I went to college like everyone did my age. And I was going for therapy. I was going for occupational therapy. I had no intentions on doing anything else. And I had the GPA, I had the job experience and I had everything going for me to get in these schools and I could not get in no matter what. I just, I tried and I tried. I took this certain test and I paid over a grand because I've had to take it so many times. I am not good with tests. Okay. <laughs> I am not. And I could not pass it. And so I was like, okay, at this turning point in my life where I'm like, okay, I have no plan B at all. No idea what I'm supposed to do with my life. And, you know, I, I had sang at the, in the church band since I was 12, 11 okay. or 12 years old. So I've been singing, but it was just a fun thing or just the thing to do on Sundays or uh -huh. Wednesday night youth. And so I got into my 
later teens. And I think, I don't know what age I was, 19 or 20, maybe. But uh, I don't know what age you are when you graduate college. Maybe I was 21 or 22. I don't know. I think I was, we won't go into that. I was probably older than I should have been. No, uh, I think it's mostly <laughs> hey, 22 just, when people graduate. Number. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I was, I was 21, 22 then. Um, whenever I had to kind of really figure things out and I was putting out covers and stuff on YouTube and Facebook just for fun, still just for fun. And I had a producer my producer now reached out and he was just like, Hey, you should come up to Nashville and write some songs. And I had never written in my life before. This is 2016, wow. never written before. And I was like, there is no, I thought it was a scam. Like, there is absolutely no way I'm going up to Nashville to write some songs and record. Like, to me, it just sounded way too big. I did not feel good enough for it. Um, I was like, there's people who are way better than I am. There's no way. And so whenever I was getting denied to these schools for graduate school, I was like, you know, talking with family and uh, I was like, you don't know until you step out and you find out like this could be a complete flop. And I don't know until I just go for it. So let's just do it. Let's go for it. So I went up in 2017. I met my producer for the first time we sat down and wrote some songs about four songs for this ep that i released back in 2018 and um a year about a year went by we filmed a music video and all mm. of that and when 2018 rolled around i got signed to a record label and it just was like a snowball effect so i got signed to a label and then i went on my first nationwide tour in 2018 that fall and wow yeah and I can keep going but that's kind of like how it yeah. all started and yeah it was not an overnight process but also it felt like it happened really fast well, too so that's cool no I mean I hope to get into some more of that in a little bit um yeah it sounds like God was closing doors on that other side where you thought your plan was going to be and then he just kind of whenever you're in the current of mm -hmm. what he wants you to do like in your lane like things just kind of start to fall into place it's kind of interesting not that you don't have some challenges even though it's God's plan but like you said yeah. the doors just kind of started the seas kind of parted and you started meeting people and this stuff started happening but man that's really cool I you know um writing music is cool that's one thing I I kind of do I don't have any musical talent at all but I write lyrics for our church a little bit just in the past I've done and I love mm -hmm. writing but um my son actually plays in the youth his youth band guitar and so I can live through him and that's where I so started we'll that yeah route. yeah 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 but um man I I gotta know so we're gonna unpack some of this um there's a the series is called dark before dawn for a reason and I don't want to give spoiler alerts to the dawn because there's a bunch of that. Um, so I want to set the stage for the audience a little bit. So you're um, in your, I don't know, young double digits, maybe. What were you, 9, 10, 11, in the, in the, when, when your world sort of cra came crashing down um, mm -hmm. in, in the situation 10. that happened? 10, okay. Mm -hmm. um, I, can you just talk? I don't have any scripted questions because there's no sure. perfect way to go at this. I just yeah. want to know, like, I know a little bit about your story. Tell us kind of briefly, just in general terms, what had happened, like, and then 
the process after as a young person because you held on to that secret for a while. So take us through some. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to be brief with it? Because it's kind of hard to be no, brief. Well, not brief. I want you to be comfortable okay. with however okay, so much I'm you want to share. I'm going to dive on in. Totally. We'll dive in. Totally. Okay. So to kind of give a backstory on all of this, in when I was on that tour in 2018, I had this pressure after tour to write a record. And I had never written a full record before. And so I was praying for direction as an artist. Because at that moment, even though I was like at this amazing place as an artist I got to travel the nation how cool is that I got to sing my own songs to people that I never met and to meet new people and that was really cool but also I just felt this insecurity in me and I did not feel like I was good enough for where I was and I'm like God why do you have me here like there's people who can sing better than I can people who can write better songs than me and I just felt God say like look it's not how capable you are but it's how willing you are and to me it meant that I was gonna have to get out of my comfort zone and I didn't even know what that looked like so I was just praying for direction as an artist my god what do people need to hear and what are songs that are going to reach people on a deeper level and I still had no idea the depth of that prayer um, until weeks after that and this story that I'm going to share with you it surfaced and Years before, it was something that I could bury deep down, uh, pretty easy. You know, I'd bury it deep down and move on with my life. Well, this time it wasn't leaving me. And I don't know mm. about you, John, but if it's God, it doesn't leave you until yeah. so you address oh, yeah. it. I he wanted you to that. tell the story. He wanted it in your yeah. own way. Yeah. Yes. And so I was like, okay, um, let's go on and dive on into this. So whenever I was around 10 years old I was sexually abused and I went through every single emotion you could possibly think of especially as a little girl it's a lot to process you know when you've been through that and it was something that wasn't just a one-time deal I was in this vicious cycle of abuse and I felt dirty I felt alone I felt scared and um, I was more or less scared because I didn't want anyone to find out and I did not want to tell anyone, especially my dad. My dad um, is a very protective person. And he always said, you know, what would happen if someone hurt his baby girls? And so that was always something that was in the back of my head. And I was just, I shut down and I'm like, you know, I'm going to pretend like nothing ever happened. And I did a very good job at that for years, I didn't have the red flags they say to look for. I was a straight A student. I was not a sad kid at all. I was goofy, silly, still am. That's just how God made me. Um, But I, behind closed doors, would cry myself to sleep at night, just having this feeling of, I need to tell somebody, but I don't want to be blamed, or I don't want, I don't really know what the outcome of that's going to look like. So For me, I just kept quiet and I became very numbed to the whole thing. After I got out of that cycle, I got into this depression, but also just, I was just very good at hiding it. I don't really know how else to say it. I was just really good at hiding it. And so years and years go by and God placed so many people in my life. It is crazy to even look back and think 
there was this one pastor specifically, and I was probably 16 or 17. We were at a Christmas event and she shared her story on stage and it was almost similar to my story. Mm. And I remember just saying as a kid, I could never be that brave. How is she standing up there so boldly sharing her story when the thought of it just made me sick to my stomach, you know? And uh, I've learned to never say never because I have shared my story so much over the past two years. But, you know, as those 15 years rolled out, God was really showing me where I needed to be. And if it wasn't for music, I would have never shared my story. If I would have gotten into therapy school, my life would be totally different right now. Um, I got to stop you there. Sure. Did you say 15 years? I held it quiet for 15 years. And you, you, so you're 10 and through those early teenage, pretty much all your teenage years almost, you know, obviously, but I don't understand how you had siblings too. So Mm -hmm. nobody picked up on any slight little signs. Like nobody ever heard you crying yourself to sleep at night. Like like, no, nobody ever asked you. You just kind of had two lives you were living within yourself and you knew when to turn them on and off. Right. That's incredible. 15 years. That's unbelievable to kind of comprehend, but go ahead. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. I mean, it was a long time and I, I can't say that I was miserable those 15 years because I became so numb. Yeah. Um, it's something that I would forget about and then it would surface again, like a memory would surface and it would just all come back to me. You know, it was very strange how just our minds work in yeah. general. But um, I found myself 15 years later praying for direction as a Christian artist on what songs to write that were deeper. That was dangerous. That was dangerous prayer, right? I'm just like, okay, I did not know the depth of that prayer. I did not. But as I was praying, this story surfaced and it wouldn't leave me. And I fought God and fought God because I said, there is no way I'm going to be able to share this story with, with the world, but also like my friends and my family and my dad. And I was terrified to tell my dad. Well, after weeks and weeks of praying, I'm like, okay, if this is, this is not, it was eaten up at me. I was like, if this is not going to leave me then God, you've got to show me clarity. You've got to show me how to get through this. And you definitely have to give me the strength to be able to do this. Cause I did not feel yeah. that at all. And in that moment, this was not overnight either, but in the moment of just praying over those couple of weeks for clarity, one night I felt God just say, reach out to your abuser. And so I was very hesitant at first. And I prayed about that and prayed about that. And I didn't know how else to move forward than to reach out. And so I contacted my abuser and I just, I let him know. I said, Hey, I just want you to know what happened. Um, that I, I want to for, forgive you. And I want to let you know that Jesus loves you and Jesus forgives you. And then, you know, went on to say that I'm going to write a song about this and my healing. And I was able to share Jesus with this person and to share Jesus with someone who hurt me very deeply. And then in this conversation to learn that this person didn't know Jesus, that was the healing that I didn't know I needed, but God had that figured out 15 years ago as a little girl, when I was going through one of the hardest things of my life, he knew there was a deeper healing, but I was going to have to grow into that. And after that conversation, it was like a weight off my 
my shoulders. I can't really explain it. It was just, it was so relieving to me. It was healing and it was freedom. Um, for me, taking my voice back, I was silent to my shame and um, bit- bitterness, not really bitterness toward people, but just in my, like by myself, when I had to process things, I would become angry and mad at this person. And that does not help the situation at all. It only hurts it. And and so I got that clarity to go up and write this song. And I shared my story for the first time with these songwriters. And I was a, I was a mess sharing it because I had never shared it before. And I remember just crying in the studio that I'm sitting in right now, actually, and just crying and, and trying to figure out how to tell a story that's hopeful and not, so, not a story that shares hurt. So sorry to interrupt, but so you told them about the song before you ever told your dad. What yeah. happened? Mm-hmm. Big exhale, audience. Everybody on the count of three, take a big deep breath. Um, yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy. Um, yeah. I do have to ask. So when you said it wouldn't leave you, like, uh, you, still you sounds like voice. you told God. Yeah, you sound sounds like you told God no a lot. Like you were like, nah, nah, that's not you. That's not that's bad pizza. That's the devil. That's mm-hmm. no, 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 no. So you did that for a while. So I yeah. want to ask for the audience just to maybe talk to somebody that might be doing that this forgiveness thing and this call you made to this person, like you said there was freedom to it, but what, what would you say can get somebody there if they can comprehend that it's not letting that other person off the hook? Cause I yeah. think that's what we do is we think it's giving somebody permission that it was, it didn't matter, or, you know, Hey, here's a hall pass for that one or, but it's really, it was really for you. Right. Absolutely. 100%. Cause I've had people even laugh at me and, and really kind of mock me in a way like how can you forgive someone who hurt you so badly and you know it's very clear in the bible that we have to forgive to be forgiven and jesus was literally on the cross being beaten and he says father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing so if jesus can then why can't i we don't realize too just like you said john like it doesn't let the person off the hook you know it doesn't excuse the bad thing that happened to you. But when you forgive, it is actually allowing God to move in your life the way he intended to move. It allows you to walk freely in your calling. Cause I mean, when you have that bitterness and the unforgiveness, yeah. it's holding you back from your mm-hmm. calling. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. And so when you're able to forgive and let go, you are free. And for me, I took my voice back and I'm able to walk in this freedom that God's given me. And it's just, it's, it's a feeling that I've never had before. And it's, it's powerful and it's available for everybody, Um, but healing is a process. And for me, I had to reach out to this person. I felt like, and I did, but it's not like that for everybody. Um, What was their response? What was their response? that's a long winded question. Okay. Um, can you want me to, let me see if I can dial it down. Were they, um, did they show remorse or apologize or kind of just like own it? So this is part of my story that I've I shared on the podcast with three of seven guys and I've shared with a few others, but I haven't gotten to a point where I share it with Um, people on stage yet which probably is coming I feel like coming but when I reached out to this person and they were very receiving they were 
they apologized. They were very sorry and mm-hmm. um, they received it very well. And if you fast forward a month before the release of the record and I had everything in the pipe to go, it was going to be released on Apple music, Spotify, all that. Um, there was no turning back at this point. And this person reached back out to me and it was a call I wasn't expecting. And it was one of those conversations where it brought every ounce of doubt back into my life. Um, Mm -hmm. Did not want to call it abuse at that point. I don't know what happened from the first conversation to the second, but that's everyone's fear who's been abused is that the abuser would not admit that it's abuse. And that happens to so many people, but I recognized it. I knew it was happening. I knew the enemy wanted to bring doubt back into my life. He wanted to shut me up. Um, like he had done for 15 years. And I discerned that I was, I was to this point of healing where I'm like, I'm not going back. I'm not doing, this doesn't feel good. And I I'm not going back there. And so I was able to shut that out. I did have a couple of days where I just felt this heaviness on me, but then God's like, Hey, this is worth it. And people are hurting and people need to hear it. And I feel like so many people who's been through what I've been through can relate to that. Um, that fear of not being heard, you know what I mean? But I shut that out and I'm like, I'm going to move forward no matter all, no matter what fears I face, I'm going to move forward with this thing. And gosh, it was the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life because I've seen the fruits of it and I've seen what God's done through it already. And I know there's so many people who haven't even heard the story yet that need to hear it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the audience is probably real appreciative that I like threw us off on a detour a little bit, but mm-hmm. so you were leading up to the part of writing the song and telling your producer before you made it to your dad. So you went through that process and you mentioned that it was sort of a all over the place, kind of an emotional <laughs> uh, roller coaster probably for you. Um, what, yeah. So circle us back and, or, take us back where when you finally approached your dad about it and mm-hmm. just kind of what I'm a dad I have a daughter I have three boys and a daughter and yeah I mean you mentioned earlier like we talk about all the time like okay what's my alibi if somebody mm-hmm. ever you know I mean we, yeah, we take down totally. these hypotheticals of like if you ever even look at my daughter crossways like mm-hmm. yeah um, so no I take us through so your dad's obviously a strong man of faith. And, and yeah. that's another whole conflict within ourselves, but talk about his reaction and kind of how you mustered up the courage. Yeah. So to kind of go backwards a little bit, um, I'm glad that my dad was, I didn't tell my dad till I think maybe three or four months after I wrote the song. Um, and I think to coming up to write this song, sharing my story, trying to figure out a good way to share my story, how to even tell it. Um, it really prepared me for what was to come. And so I, I went back home and as the months rolled out over that next year, I shared it with dif- different family members. I have a huge family. I've got cousins, aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas. Yeah. I have such a big family. And so I couldn't just sit everyone down together. You know, like I had to go separately and tell these, these family members of mine and even friends, And throughout that process, I was able to really learn how to word things in a very hopeful way to prepare me for my conversation with my dad. And 
before I go into that, I had came across family members who have been through abuse as well. And it was through my story that I was able to share with family members that I didn't even know needed to hear it. So that was even further of confirmation that I'm doing what God wants me to do, even if I'm uncomfortable. So I remember, uh, gosh, I can remember this day like it was yesterday. I had everything planned out of what I was going to tell my dad, how I was going to say it. It was the night before our conversation and I had my notes in my phone up and I just started typing everything out. It was a huge paragraph and I just, I don't, I'm not an anxious person at all, but I started feeling this anxiety in me and I felt God say, delete the note. (laughs) And so this huge paragraph that I had worked so hard for on how I was going to perfectly tell my dad and make sure everything was okay. I had to delete it. And I had to trust God that he was going to carry me through that conversation the next day. And the next day was on a Sunday. And I remember I couldn't even focus in church. I was just like, uh, I was not myself. Yeah. More nervous than you've ever been for a show. I bet that afternoon. Oh my, yes. Can't even, oh my gosh. I can't even compare. Well, my dad was working in his shop and I had told my mom at this point already. And I said, I think I'm going to go talk to dad. And I walked out to the shop and I was like shaking the whole time walking there. And, you know, I had that, Hey dad, can we talk kind of tone? And like, he looked at me like something's up. And so I sat him down and we had the conversation in his shop and um, it was hard. It was hard for him to swallow that. And he was upset. He wanted to know who it was and all of that. And I just told him, I said, at this point, 15 years later, um, I'm fully healed. And I said, it's, it's not going to help anything to blast this person's name because ultimately it would hurt my story, you know? And um, he understood that in that moment. And he was, you know, obviously he was crying and very upset that I had been through something like that. And um, all he could do is just really give me a big hug and just say, I'm here for you and all of that. And I was very clear to tell my dad that I wouldn't be here without God. I don't know where I would be. Um, I was in a very deep depression and I, I was behind closed doors and no one ever knew. And so having that grounded faith that my parents really sewn into my life through church. I mean, I was always involved with church yeah. and church camp and Wednesday nights. And yeah. they always made sure that I was involved. And because of them is why I'm here because it led me to Jesus at a very early age. And I think that really gave him this peace that surpasses all understanding because in that moment, he probably just wanted to go rage. Yeah. And so, well, can I ask you a question right there? mm -hmm. I want to maybe just jump in. Um, So I'm assuming that you and your dad had a close relationship your whole life growing up. Like, yeah, like dad, um, he, he always, I was a country kid. I was the outdoors Right. Um, tomboy. I was always out there hunting and fishing with him. So yeah. we did have a close relationship. And I think as I got older, I kind of drifted away. And then I, this brought us back together. Yeah. 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 So talk, will you do me a favor? This is selfish of me, but for the dads and for uh, me, like, was he like, did he feel this, I don't know, overwhelming burden that he should have noticed something long before you told him, like, there's a dad part of me, 
um, the a lot part of me as the dad is going to look back and blame myself that I couldn't help you through that process, especially when you say I'm healed and I'm free. And man, where was I during that pro? You know, that's my first go to talk to the dads now that there's nothing your dad could have done. Right. I mean, right. probably that, that would have right. no red flag. So how did you mm -hmm. maybe comfort some of those burdens that he had, if he had them? Yeah. I mean, my mom and dad both really, um, but my dad and mom always told us as kids what was right and what was wrong. And so I think that's why I lived in so much shame is because I was stuck in this abuse that I was stuck in it. Literally, um, mm. there were moments where I was trying to get out and couldn't. Um, and at that point, it's not my fault and it's not my parents fault. And I made sure to tell my dad that it was not his fault, that he did all he could do. And it was just a situation that was beyond our control. And um, I think that lifted it some from him, but I think what helped him the most was to hear that I forgave this person and I wasn't living in hurt anymore. Because if I was coming from this place of hurt and pain, then it would be even heavier on yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so I came from this place that I was healed and Several hours later, you could tell he'd been pondering on it all day. And he just said, Brooke, if you can forgive this person, then I can too. Yeah. And like to have my dad yeah. say that was like, gosh, okay, God, what are you doing? You know, what that's are you only doing? God. That's only God. Because I cannot hear myself saying those words in that situation. Yeah. And he yeah, probably I mean, couldn't and either. He probably couldn't either, but he saw something that was different about this and and it was through my forgiveness, he was able to forgive. And we don't realize like how many people are struggling with unforgiveness. And if we're talking about unforgiveness to a friend and they're dealing with it, then what's that helping anything? Yeah. You know, we're, we're meant to lead by example and yeah. it's going to so make it. Was that your breakthrough? Like if we have to put a label and maybe wave a banner over this whole situation called breakthrough, would you say your breakthrough was the moment that you called that person and and got free for yourself but forgave them and then like did that springboard you into just this whole future that has happened afterwards would you consider that like your breakthrough moment absolutely i, I think so too because i've been struggling with my purpose and like what does this look like you know and it was through that where god's like you've got a story to tell and i want you to tell it with the world and it was after fully forgiving this person, having that conversation, I was like, I can do anything now. Like I just felt like I was walking in the true identity that God had on my life instead of living in the shame that I've been walking in for so long, you know, and mm -hmm. it's not just music for me, it's ministry. It's being able to share my story in a way that shares hope. And then once I was able to share that with my family, I was like, okay, no one can stop me now you know like that's how it felt and it was just so relieving to be able to to do that yeah for sure I mean I, I didn't want to assume and put words in your mouth but I would have if I had to you know gun to my head that would have what I would have said was your breakthrough moment was getting that baggage off of you yeah like that dark cloud that just kind of followed you around um I think that that was the moment and and so now we're in this process of course you you say you're healed, but obviously there's probably triggers throughout, you know, your life that maybe take you back to something and, and you know how to get out of those quickly, of course, mm -hmm. but man, talk about this song. I mean, 
Thanks a lot for me having to watch that video with a box of Kleenex. Thanks a lot. That's all I have to say. Uh, and I just, I sent that to my family on text and they're watching it. And I mean, it's just so, and I'm a little late to the party. Of course, I know that you, you, you recorded this when it's been a little bit, right? Oh goodness. Uh, two years ago, I think. Yeah. Two years two- ago. So yeah. forgive me. I'm a little late to the party, but I mean, dude, that song take, I mean, was that, was that it was emotional? Yeah. Was that freeing though? When you saw it come out and you saw the response, like tell us about that moment and, and just the people that it's impacted. It's crazy to me too. Cause I mean, I still get messages from people and when I released it, my inbox was flooded. It was overwhelming with the response and the stories that People were sharing people that I have known for years and years would share their story of how they've been abused and how they were struggling still and how my song has helped them or, or maybe stories that were similar to mine and they had forgiven their abuser or some that were still in the abuse. And so it was just crazy to see how God used this song that had been put in my heart to write a year and a half before it was released. And it was just so worth it because when I was struggling with trying to tell it, I felt God say like, people need to hear it. People are hurting, you know, and I didn't realize how many people. Was it, was it always called when you, when this thing took shape and was born inside you, was it always called taking my voice back? Or it wasn't, okay. it wasn't. Um, I didn't even have a title. I just had my story, my messy story. And when we sat down, it was my producer and then another songwriter um, it just honestly flowed together perfectly. How we wrote that, honestly, it's all blur. It's a blur to me. Like it was, God was in the room when we wrote that. And I have no doubt about it because not all song rights go that smoothly, but that one did. And yeah. gosh, yeah. it was so simple. good, man. That's so good. And, and uh, there was another song I wanted to ask you about too, because you're, your journey wasn't just the abuse that you were under, like your mom, you just getting you here was yeah. a challenge, right? Like she went yeah. through some health con- situations, like when, uh, when she was pregnant with you. Um, yeah. so tell us what, cause this song purpose for the pain, is that where that, that originated yeah. from that journey? So take us yeah. through that just a little bit. Cause that's, that was an interesting story. Yeah. So, uh, when I first got started with music, we were at the beach. I remember this like it was yesterday. And my mom shared this with me, this story. And I had always known something was different and that she had struggled with something when she was pregnant with me, but I didn't know the full story. And for some reason that day, she just opened up. But um, when she was pregnant with me, she was very, very sick. And she went through several months of her pregnancy and the sickness and doctors didn't have a clue what was going on. Um, it was just getting worse and they couldn't treat her cause it was limited testing because she was pregnant. So all they could do is just get her by. And she got to this like eight month mark. She was miserable. I mean, bedridden, she was depressed. So not only physically struggling, she was like mentally struggling cause it had been just day by day trying to just get by and the doctors were just saying, we think you have a brain tumor. Like we're not sure what's going on, but we think it's a tumor, but Mm. it could be something worse. There's a chance that you both may not make this. So we've got to have her early. And, And so my mom obviously did what was best 
had me early. I was uh, one, I was queenie one month early and Mm. I was healthy, healthy baby. But by then the damage had been done. My mom had shingles of the brain, which is very, very rare. And didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. It's crazy. And it paralyzed two of her cranial nerves. So she's, uh, permanently damaged as far as hearing in one side and then she's got paralysis on one side of her face people think it's bell's palsy but it's not Mm -hmm. it looks like bell's palsy Mm -hmm. um but i mean i remember going through chiropractor appointments with her as a kid so it just shows you how long of a recovery she had after just to get some kind of you know feeling back but through that um several people prayed for her. I had my great grandmother on my dad's side who she was a warrior for Jesus. And (laughs) just what a cool person to have on your side. And she would pray over me and my mom before my mom had me and just praying life over us. And, and, um, she prayed the specific prayer. My mom was telling me, she prayed that I would be a Joshua for Jesus. And Joshua was a leader and I didn't know what that meant until now. Obviously, I'm, I'm like walking in this, this prophetic word that was spoken wow. over my life when I was just in the womb. And that just shows that God has a specific plan for each person before wow. they were even created. So how cool is that? So, but, I mean, yeah. hats off. I mean, I salute grandmas anyway. Grandmothers, great grandmothers. Like the world yeah. would be in shambles without grandmothers. But um, <laughs> I have a question. So, you're, you had no lasting, like no. physical things, shortcomings, mm-hmm. any sort of handicaps. I wasn't all, any kind. in the NICU. No, I mean, I was, I was pretty much in well, baby. Like I was good, but my wow. mom, she, yeah. she had some things. So, right. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So that song, um, so purpose for the pain, um, man, did that, so that came after, the yeah. the other song taking my voice back so that one had that one just kind of been gestating within you for yes. years yeah I knew as soon as my mom told me that story I knew I, knew I wanted to write a song about it that was the song I actually wanted to write before taking my voice back was even a thing mm. uh, and it's just it's the story of hope as well like we go through things that are really hard sometimes and thankfully my mom was healed here but um some people don't get their healing on the side of heaven you know some people get their healing in heaven and ultimately that's the best healing you could ever get but it's through those uh circumstances where god does not change and god's still who he says he is no matter where you get your healing and that's one clear message that i wanted to share with that song because it's not that god causes these bad things to hurt so we could learn a lesson but it's mm-hmm. that we live in this fallen world and that bad things are going to happen, but it's how we respond and how we let God walk us through that, that matters the most. And that God does not change in you know, any situation we go through. And so that was one thing for my mom. Like you question, why do I have to go through this? I should be happy. I'm having a baby, you know, but she was struggling and she was asking God, you know, heal me. And he wasn't healing her exactly the way she wanted. And so fast forward, I mean, last year, we walked through something very similar with my mom. She had a heart attack and for six months, she had the same symptoms that she had with the shingles. And so we thought like, is it back? Is the shingles of the brain back? You know, how crazy would that be? 
but it was just her body thrown off from the heart attack we had learned. And that season, six months of me fighting with my mom, I mean, we had everyone praying. We had war going on in the house. I mean, it was a, it was a spiritual warfare happening in our home. I had sticky notes on the walls throughout the entire house to just pray and read and have her pray and read over and, and just having to be there for my mom. And like in this season where the first time she'd been through it, she carried me, but it was, I had to carry her this time. And it was such a full circle moment for me. And that same year that I released the songs, the same year my mom was going to have to realize that there's purpose in this pain that she's going through. We just have to get where God wants us to go. And I remember just praying every morning for six months straight, God, please heal my mom, please heal my mom. And it got to a point where he wasn't healing her the way I wanted him to. And so I said, okay, if you're not going to heal her the way I want you to, then you're going to have to help me walk this out with her. Mm. And we finally, right before Christmas, we were going to a natural doctor and they really helped her get her body back going and then just praying. And it got us through it. It taught me a lot. Um, It taught my mom a lot and it definitely brought us even closer than we were before. She's like a best friend to me, but it was a, it was something that was challenging, really challenging. And I mean, wow. I mean, gosh, it, I almost think, I mean, there's gotta be more than just one song in that whole story. I mean, that's, (laughs) that could be its own record. Um, Mm -hmm. I, so I do want to ask like, who has been kind of the staple hero for you through the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, five to 10 years? Like everybody's got one, whether we admit it or not, like everybody's got that kind of staple, that hero. Hey, who's been your hero along this journey, like through the music, through coming to terms again and digging up these old emotional wounds, writing and and watching your mom's journey, like, anybody stand out and there's probably not just one. I don't want to make anybody mad, but uh, like there is anybody stand out to you on that question. That's a hard one for me because God's given me so many people for different reasons. And like, but I would say for the past 10 years, my mom has been that for me. Like she has just been my cheerleader. She, no matter what I do, she's there. She's cheering me on. She's praying for me. She's, she's just so supportive and like, she's that person for me. But I mean, I've got so many people. It's kind of hard to pick one. Her yeah. sister is her sister. I call her my spiritual mama. Cause over the past couple of years, um, we've gotten really close. Like I've, I've gotten very close with my aunt and she's someone who speaks a lot of wisdom over my life. And then my yeah. producer, who's my manager, who's my booking agent, the one who reached out on Facebook at the very beginning of this music thing, he has invested so much time into me that I don't deserve. And he has really pushed me and challenged me as an artist, but as a person as well. And when I filmed that first, I mean, when I recorded that first EP, first songs I'd ever written, I went back home. I hadn't, I had no plan. And he knew that he knew I I was sending you home and you weren't going to do anything with it because you had no resource he wow. said, and that right there is whenever everything just kind of took off because we partnered together and yeah. he's just coaches. He coaches me through it and 
till this yeah. day. I mean, he's like a big bro now. <laughs> well, but, I mean, that was a, that was a trick question for the, for the listeners. Like there's not, I knew there wasn't going to be one. So <laughs> I wanted to see if you passed the test and you did, you, you Wait. said many, many people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, there's gotta be a, a ton in that, in that type of story and anybody's story, really, there's never just that one. There's, there's gotta be a group, right? It takes a village to kind of help it each does. other out. Um, so let's talk about what you're doing and, and kind of what you're advocating for going mm-hmm. forward. And you talked to me a little bit off, off the camera, um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe, um, about this. So what's, who are you working with in regards to some of the trafficking initiatives you're behind? Yeah. So I've kind of just partnered with several different people and I had an event that I was a part of in Florida and they were raising money for a certain trafficking organization, uh, awareness organization over there. So it's kind of like all spread out. Can't really mm-hmm. say it's one specific yeah. one. This one that we were going up to um, be a part of tomorrow that just got rescheduled. That one was for a, a specific you know organization over there. And so it's kind of all spread out. And I had this opportunity from actually three of seven podcast, someone who was listening, who is having me out in Arizona next year for a trafficking awareness event. And so it's like, God's being very clear on where he needs me to be. And it's for these people who've been abused. And even though I've never been trafficked, I've been abused and abuse is abuse, but I want to let people know that's not the end. And that's not what defines them, that there's a whole life on the other side and there's hope there. And so I just, I want to share that. That's my heart is for people who've been abused and um, guys very clear on that over the past couple of years. And so whatever that looks like, as far as putting on events, being part of events, no matter what that is, like, I'm going to advocate for that because it's something that people don't really want to talk about. And um, we need to talk about it. It's a real problem. It's a very big problem here, especially in the USA, but it's all over the world. Right. And it's, it's slavery is what that is. And people don't want to call it that, but it is. And so it's happening every day, children, boys and girls and men and women. Um, And it looks different. Sometimes it looks it looks like what we see in movies and sometimes it doesn't, you know, um, yeah, it looks so different. So yeah, just bringing awareness. That's awesome. I mean, that's a, there can't be a more worthy cause for sure, because there's, I mean, it's so prevalent and, and it's going to take so many people getting on board with that. But I mean, I love how you're using your, it just goes back to using our gifts. Like everybody has a function within the body of Christ and everybody's using it different. And I, I mean, you're using your voice and your talent and your platform, um, which is awesome spreading awareness for that. Um, so I want to ask you to like look into your crystal ball and try to read God's mind a little bit here, but um, to close out this, this awesome experience. Uh, when do you feel, because you said you haven't gotten to the point the, I don't know if you call it like the courage tipping point or what, Mm -hmm. but sharing it from the stage you mentioned earlier, and it's all going to be God's timing. So you don't get to use that as an answer. No. I mean, what do you think would have to happen? Like, do you just are just kind of expecting to wait and feel that Holy Spirit moment when you're up there? Is it something you feel like needs to be kind of coordinated like in your own mind and and kind of scripted a little bit on how that transpires or do you have any idea I think it um I already know that I need to um 
because I'm sharing it on podcasts and I want to say the first time I shared it was on Chad's podcast yeah. and I feel like that's God's way. I, I don't know why I felt like I needed to share that. I just did. So that to me is the Holy spirit saying you're ready. And you know, when I tell my story on stage, it doesn't always sound cookie cutter every time. Sometimes sure. it changes. And yeah. so I do feel it out. I do feel the Holy spirit wants me to go even deeper that I'll go there. And if not, then I, and I won't. Yeah. And I just kind of let God guide me when I'm on stage sharing my story. And so I know it's going to happen when God wants it to happen. And he just needs me to be obedient and to be aware of, of that, you know? So, yeah. And, and he'll show it to you. I mean, obviously like, like there's somebody out there, it'll be the right timing. It's never our timing. And that's what I right. love. I love, I was going to say earlier when you're talking about sometimes the pain that we go through, like there's obviously a purpose. I mean, you wrote a song about it, but like, I think it's what I like a lot. And one of the things I like most about God is that he, he does like to show off and mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I like the fact that when we're down and we're the most unsuspecting person to come out of something and we're the most ordinary, like that's when he kind of steps in and is like, no, 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 let me prop you up through this yeah. circumstance. Right. And I'm going to prop you up. And then you're going to point back to me and say, that's why. And so I think that's, part of the pain we go through is for that reason. Like I think so people, it gets people's attention when we come out of it and we look back and point and go, wasn't me. It was God. That was God. So that's yeah, that's so cool too. Cause God is so tangible and he's just, he does things. He's so, he's so intentional in our lives and it happens all the time, but are we aware of it? Are we, are we looking for it? Or are we just so sidetracked with our own path, our own thoughts and all yeah. that? And I've been there. Um, yeah. But I've also seen God in such a changeable way in my life. And so it's yeah. pretty cool. He's got a sense of humor sometimes too. He, <laughs> he totally does. He does. Okay. So at, before I let you go, I have to let the audience get, uh, find a way to get a hold of you or, or follow you. So give us kind of your handle on the social medias, give us your website sure. and, and kind of where they can go track down some of your materials. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so I have a website, brookrobertsonmusic.com and I've got a store up there. I've got um, pretty much all my social medias on there and also my booking agency as well. And then Instagram, Facebook, YouTube is all Brooke Robertson music. So I try to keep it pretty simple for everybody, <laughs> but awesome. I'm on there pretty often and I'd love to talk to you. That's awesome. No, that's cool. And so down to earth, um, careers taking off. Uh, don't forget us little people whenever you're <laughs> standing on some stage, huge stage somewhere. Um, but no audience. Hey, I, as I close this out, I just, I want to thank Brooke on behalf of the audience. I want to thank everything you're doing, your voice, your courage, like a picture of redemption and, and forgiveness like no other. And mm. just that's what caught my attention was the forgiveness that I heard you come out of you when you were talking to Chad and Blake and Chili. And I've just, I had to reach out to you and I'm glad I did because just this I'm is glad you incredible. Did. It's awesome. And keep doing what you're doing. I can't wait to see where your future is because like I said, audience, dark before dawn, this series we know there's a dawn and, and we know that we can get through darkness and, and our faith in Christ gets us there. So on behalf of the audience, she's been Brooke Robertson. We've been last in line. Be blessed. <laughs>